welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. It is Quest Day, so that means you are with Michelle and Sarah. Hi. So if you don't know, Quest Day are on Thursdays, and that means we are diving into your quest and how you can better serve where you are. Um, and if this is a new thing for you, you should go back and listen to episode 48. That is where we break it down for you. But before we get going, we want to thank you. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been asking you for your ratings and reviews and you guys have delivered. Thank you so much. We have received so many ratings and reviews and this helps us um, get seen more on iTunes. And so we really appreciate it. And I wanted to share one from TJMO. She said, you know, a podcast is amazing and worth your time when you are constantly sharing every week's episode with your sisters and close friends. And if they beat you to it, they share it with you. I love the thoughts they share and constantly find myself saying out loud. Oh yeah, that's good or wow. Oh, wow. And I had never thought of that. And yes, I usually listen while at the gym and have to keep myself from making comments out loud because that gets weird when I do. <laughs> Thank you for sharing each week and for the hard work you put into this podcast. I love each week inspired and motivated after each episode to work on different aspects of my quest. Oh, we love you so much. Thank you for leaving that. I love this. And I have to say, you're not alone squealing at the gym because we were just talking in our Facebook group with someone who squealed when they were mowing the lawn. So I love those <laughs> moments of squealing when it's like, yes, we feel those when we prep for these interviews as well. It's like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, the Lord is in charge. Pretty great. So welcome. Yeah. So today we are diving in to the brother of Jared, which is one of our favorite stories. And we could really talk for maybe hours on this or not. Maybe we could talk for hours on this because they're, it's so bursting with symbolism and with life lessons and quest lessons. Are you kidding me? So just know we probably will come back to this topic, but he might become the new Nephi. He might. It's okay. We each need a man. We each need a scripture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a topic for another day. Okay. <laughs> We need a man in the scriptures. We have men just for the record. Amen. I, I have a man. <laughs> I also have a man. Come on. Okay, here we go. Brother of Jared, take it away. This is the coolest story. And really, we're just focusing on one real phrase of it, right? Today, because we know that we can dive into so many things of the brother of Jared, and it will happen. But the reality is, is the brother of Jared was faced with the impossible, faced with the impossible, barges with no light, and he needed light. So this whole podcast is all about you and Michelle and I in facing the impossible. And these are often, they can be called trials, struggles choices, consequences, whatever it may be. But when the impossible is staring you in the face, be like the brother of Jared and remember him and remember his experiences and how the Lord dealt with him through the experience. So let's dive in. 
let's dig in. So, so what happens is he has to build these barges and he says, Hey, I don't have any light in these barges. And so he goes to the Lord and he says, Hey, I don't have any light. <laughs> How do I get in? And I, I think the brother of Jared, well, I mean, if I were him, I'd be, I'd be looking for a miracle, right? Send an angel totally to come with the right us. Thing. I mean, he went to the Lord, right? I mean, that's the answer. You go to the Lord when you're faced with the impossible, but I love the Lord's response. It kind of makes me chuckle. Yeah. Well, the Lord's like, yeah, you do need light. What do you want to do about it? Pause. Awkward pause. <laughs> Awkward pause. <laughs> Write it in your margin. Awkward pause. <laughs> His brother Jared's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. How about I go and work some magic on these stones over here, right? Like if you think it says that he moltens them out of rock, he had to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of faith before he made these stones while they're making these stones of glass, right? He fires them and, and that's a lot. He was in the wilderness. This isn't just put them somewhere and they'd have to get really hot. You have to just think about all these details. And this is even before he's gone to the Lord and said, Hey, will you touch these? Cause I know that if you touch these, then they will light and I'll have light in the barges. And it takes a lot of faith. He had to put up a lot of faith up front before he saw the miracle. Like meaning he, he didn't know if this was going to be the miracle. He didn't know. He didn't know. And I think sometimes we think that we need to have this heavenly being float in the barges with us and be the light. But sometimes the work is the miracle. Ooh, Doing, right? Because nice. yes. sometimes, like I'm sure Brother Jared never woke up before this day and thought, yeah, I'm going to do something like pretty miraculous today. And I am going to find a way for the Lord to have light in the barges. And maybe that's why through that purification process. I don't know. But if you think about, he had so much faith when presenting the stones that the Lord could not hold back his finger, his, and could not hold back, you know, being seen. And so I, I wonder if that process of creating those stones purified the brother of Jared so much. So like, I think that work process was part of the purification to make him worthy to see the Lord. I think this is so good. I, I think you're spot on that that's kind of what qualified him um, to see the Lord. And it makes me chuckle to think I'm trying to take Emily Freeman's advice and trying to, and I'm trying to be a character in the story. Okay. And let's just pretend like I'm a villager there with the brother of Jared. Okay. I'm like a villager. And you would imagine that there is mockery going on because you don't have you weren't the one commanded to build these barges and you're looking at it from this outside thing and you got to wonder if there's whispering and like, how is he going <laughs> to solve this? And like, this dude is nuts. He's going to ask me to get on those barges? <laughs> totally. You can just imagine the kind of whispery, whispery things that are going on. And yet I love how Gosh, truth is so consistent because I'm thinking about our past podcast episode, part one with Michelle Lanart, where she talks about worry and how all that worry does is it freezes us. That's all it does. And it makes us lack the ability to progress and move forward and more importantly, to problem solve. And so I love that the brother of Jared is worried. He goes to the Lord and the Lord says, problem solve it. 
And so he gets busy. He gets busy trying to figure this out. And he is committed to the voice of the Lord that he has heard. And he's like, I am going to figure this out. And it will qualify him to eventually see the Lord in his life. And I love the story that you brought up, Michelle, um, from this apparently epic talk in your life about how we can kind of like live the higher law a little bit on receiving revelation because you're the revelation girl. So let's hear about this epic talk. <laughs> love this. Well, so, I mean, I've listened to it probably six or seven times over the last two weeks because it's so good. It's uh, from a BYU devotional in 1975. So there's that from Stephen R. Covey. And he is talking about, it's, it's called the educated conscience. And he asks um, some questions about, he, like, he's talking to BYU, you know, and he asks questions and says, and he like, in, I'm listening to it, right? I listened to it a few times. He like pauses for like a good minute and has them think about it. And, and the questions are, what do I need to do to draw closer to the living Christ? What do I need to do to be a better member of my family? What do I need to do to more fully magnify my church membership and calling? And then what do I need to do to more fully magnify my stewardship as a student here at BYU? And I would, for me, I said, you know, as in my quest, right? And he said, so he asked this, he pauses and lets them. And he says, I just want you to feel what the answer is. You've been given the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so that you can rely on him to speak to you and answer to your heart what the answer to these questions are. So he says, our conscience is the repository of all that divine education. And if we really are still and listen to the answers to those kinds of questions, which to me are the prioritized stewardships of our life, we will get this guidance. If an angel of the Lord were to come into this devotional assembly today and stand in the air, clothed in power and glory, and give to each of us the same messages that we have received from the still small voice within, what would we think of that experience? I'm sure we'd be terribly impressed and perhaps go to our deathbeds testifying of it when constrained to do so. Yet, I believe in a sense that that which you and I have received is of a higher order of revelation, less dramatic, but of a higher order of revelation than if an angel of the Lord from the other world were to give to us these messages. Angels minister by the power of the Aaronic priesthood. The Holy Ghost ministers by the power of the Melchizedek priesthood. Jesus said to his disciples, more blessed are those who believe and have not seen than those who believe and have seen. I know that was long. Thank you for sticking with me. <laughs> but you have to read it. You I have mean, to read you it. You got to hear it that way. Yeah. Because these are not my words. That's what I, <laughs> straight from Stephen R's mouth. But I think that this is an important thing to realize. I, th I think in our lives, we want the miracles, the heavenly you know, miracles. And it stops us from seeing the miracles that are actually happening because it's a miracle that we can know truth. It's a miracle that we can have personal revelation. It's a miracle that we can know how to improve ourselves. Like that's a gift of God. And it is actually, he says a higher order than if we were to have a messenger come and talk to us all the time, you know, about what we need to do. So it's terribly important to realize the miracle that is happening, the miracle in the work, right? This is pretty jaw-dropping because if you've kind of grown up always hearing, we believe in revelation and this is just how the world rolls, the reality is it's really not how the world rolls. <laughs> it's not. This is a miracle. 
You said, this is my favorite thing. I believe sometimes that as Latter-day Saints, we are like fish who discover water last. Oh my, mic drop, Steve. <laughs> but really, like, because his whole talk is about the Holy Ghost and experiencing the Holy Ghost and how that is essential to, you know, our lives and stuff. And he, I'm going to bring Nephi in because he's my favorite, but he says, Nephi became so sensitive to the still small voice that he could dialogue with it when he was commanded to slay Laban. He had such familiarity with that voice through long obedience that he knew it was the Lord's voice. Laman and Lemuel had no familiarity with it. It required an angel to come to them and to shake them. The message had to break into their sensory world so that their senses could recognize what had happened. They were not changed before nor after the appearance of the angel. I believe many people in our church are often looking beyond the mark, looking for some more mystical, dramatic, mysterious manifestation, and they may be denying all the while the true spirit of revelation of the Holy Ghost to their own souls. So you're receiving revelation, okay? <laughs> and that's a miracle. Oh, and that's a miracle. Oh, Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I have to say, I have shared this on a way earlier episode on the podcast, but it made me think of um, a woman, my companion and I were able to teach on my mission in Detroit. Her name was Tamika and lived in a really scary area of Detroit. We knocked on her door and we were there to deliver a Bible. You used to be able to, this is going to date my mission, but you used to be able to get a free Bible from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and missionaries would drop it off. And we did. And we also brought her a Book of Mormon and we were giving her reading assignments. Okay. Now, I don't know about other missions, but we rarely had people read the reading assignments we gave them by the time we came back. And so we, we tried to just really pinpoint small reading assignments. And when we showed up for that second visit and we said, did you read? She said, yes. And I am so mad at you. And she was like fired up, absolutely fired up trying to express this to my companion. And I, she was saying, you didn't tell me that I am a daughter of God. You didn't tell me. And we'd only met with her once and we'd only met with her for about 20 minutes. And yet she couldn't believe that this earth shattering, life changing news had not been shared on her doorstep. And I felt like fish that had just discovered water. I was like, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go, oh my word. You don't realize what we're holding. We don't realize it. Yeah. So, pretty amazing. Let's just take a little break because we want to give you access to our most requested bonus episodes straight to your inbox. We have never shared these episodes before digitally. Michelle's famous talk, God is speaking to you. Do you hear him? And guess what? You also get Sarah's crucial talk called Satan is at the White. I'm just telling you, these are very good. <laughs> they are huge resources to give you a vision and confidence in making decisions with the Lord, which is what we're trying to do, right? Grab the bonus episodes now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Now, back to the podcast.
So we're going to actually dive into how to sharpen your ability to take those stones, the, the seemingly impossible and make them light up in your life. This may be trials, consequences, whatever it may be, but we need them to light up and be shared with the world in a way that brings more light. And so we just have three ways that we think you can do it. And the first one that we believe is advocate advocate. And really simply, this means help others who are also suffering. This is one of our baptismal covenants, right? To help those who are suffering. And my greatest example of this has been Elizabeth Smart. My word, that is someone who has been through the most horrific, the seemingly impossible in life and has chosen to be a very vocal, very prominent advocate for those who have been through those kinds of horrific experiences in their life. And that has turned something so challenging and dark in her life and has lit the world up and shed light on some terrible things happening and helped others recover from the impossible. I'm going to keep saying that from the impossible. So if you are someone who has been through that or who is facing that, can you find people to advocate for, to stand up for, to help, to cry with, to hold their hand, whatever it may be, advocate for them. And there is power in that. Yeah. My mom is the one who would be when, you know, we'd come home feeling bad about ourselves because like someone said something or, you know, there's, a, you know, all the drama and she'd like, Michelle, get up and serve someone. <laughs> my mom is very practical. Because um, <laughs> these brother of Jared moments could be, can be opportunities. They can be quests. Like they don't all have to be like these hard trials or whatever. They can be like, what are we supposed to do? You know, these deep questions, where can we be the light? Cause I know as we are talking to our listeners and people who are trying to find what their quest is that, that they just feel an urge, but they don't know how to be that light. They don't know where, you know, where to share the light the best and you have to work for it. And one of the ways is to start serving other people in different areas and to see where you shine the brightest, where your service, like your attributes, your talents, your gifts can be used the best. We all need better advocates. You are spot on. I love this. I love this. So advocate, be that person, be that light. Um, the Lord will guide you to those people. Um, the second one is to assess. Just chill out for a minute <laughs> and assess at what your life looks like. And sometimes this was actually really hysterical because I, I have a friend who lives here in Louisiana with me. She is, her husband is also in the same program my husband is in. She lives quite far away. Um, we don't go to the same church, but she has just been a really great friend. We have really only hung out in four years, probably half a dozen times. So we don't even see each other very often, but she'll text me and bring me a baby gift. And she brought dinner when I had a baby and all this kind of stuff. And she texted me probably two months ago and our husbands are graduating at the same time. And she said, what are you wearing to the graduation banquet? What are you wearing? And I was looking at myself going, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to wear. <laughs> It's in four months. I have no idea. Right. But I never responded to her text. Okay. I didn't respond. And all of a sudden, like literally two months later, I looked and saw she had texted me and I'd never responded. And she texted me and she said, Oh my goodness, can you believe we have only this many days left before they graduate? And I realized I had never responded to the previous text. Am I the only person that does this? No, I, I respond in my head all the time. Oh, all okay. the time. 
problems. I checked it off my list because I set it in my head. <laughs> it's the worst. So I get into this huge apology, just, oh my goodness, I am so sorry that, that I didn't respond to you. Here's what I'm planning on wearing. And yes, it's so exciting that they're graduating. And you know what her response was? She was like, girl, you just had a baby. You are selling your house. You're moving across the country. Grace, Sarah, you've got to give yourself some grace. And you just want to go, thank you. Thank you for being that person that's like, oh, honey, you not responding to a text. That's the least of my worries. <laughs> she was able to better assess and grant grace in my life than I was for myself. And I think that this is a great moment to assess yourself when the impossible is in front of you. Grant yourself some grace, which Emily Freeman has a new book coming out about grace. So be looking for that to learn more about it. But here is a way to do it. And it comes from our favorite Hank Smith. He gave a sweet Hank. We love Hank. Hank, if you're listening, we want to talk to you. <laughs> Shameless plug again. Here we go. <laughs> He did a fabulous post on Instagram, Hank R. Smith, find him on Instagram, but he, he gave us a way to very practically assess where you are. Here's what he says. There are three types of happiness. There's pleasure, which is entertainment, fun, food, shopping, vacations, passion, which is hobbies, using your unique gifts to reach your goals, family and friends, or purpose, being part of a cause much bigger than yourself or service. And he says, all three are important. Which one is lacking in your life? Assess. Uh, not food. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Except for tacos. Tacos are oh, lacking. Not lacking. Life. That's what I'm saying. I'm fine. I can check that one off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important because when we are feeling off balance, it's because like, we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to tip me over. You know, I'm going to, I can't even handle this. We do need to we need to take an honest assessment and say, you know, what more, what do I need? Like, these aren't just like, mm, but you need to develop your gifts and talents and you need to be in a cause bigger than yourself. So that's number two. You guys ready for number three? Number three is to act. This is probably my favorite one because <laughs> it's how I live my life. It's because you have got to get moving. This is actually how I think most, how I see Satan work the most in my life. And I see it in a lot of women's life is that they get so overwhelmed or they get so nervous about being wrong or taking a misstep that they stop. And, and the reality is, is if you stop, even if you take like a step, I can't even tell you how many missteps I've had on my quest, right? Cause I've had like, anyway, wrong roads, friends, wrong roads. Anyway, but the reality is, is if I take a wrong step and, um, and I'm not saying a bad step, like I'm not making bad choices, but like, if I'm making, like if it's between, I don't know, two different, two different business opportunities, let's say, and I choose one and I go down that road and I find out that it's not right. Then I have learned something about myself, about what is good for me. I have learned that that is not the right road for me. And then I can confidently go down the other road. And so even though it might not be, you're not on like your long-term path and you're on the switchback, right? We're, we're trying to figure this out. This is not a straight line up the mountain. This is a switchback up the mountain and you're never going to get to the top if you don't act and take a step. And this is such a common thing for heroes of ours. You look in the Book of Mormon, 
you look at the people we've interviewed on this podcast, um, you look at people that you admire, and you're always going to find that there's a little hint of courage in there in which they're trying stuff. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I hope that you have got wonderful people on your side, guides that are willing to share those failures as well as successes. And I even, I keep going back to this interview because it's fresh on my mind, but um, we just interviewed Build Your Teenager. And you know, this, this woman was um, young mother of the year. Okay. Like all sorts of really cool, fancy awards and recognition and all those things. And she is very, very powerful in her words. Her name is Michelle. She says that it's okay to quit. Like, are we okay with stopping things and restarting things? You know, we get so caught up in the appearance of it all and those kinds of things that like, for example, she started going to school. She started going to school and you know what? It wasn't working out for her as a mom with kids and the, the dynamic at home. And you know what? She stopped. She stopped. Okay. It wasn't working. So has anybody else in here been like, okay, I'm going to teach my kids about money and here's the system I'm going to use. And we're going to check in every Tuesday night and every Friday night. And then we're going to make payments on Saturday. We're going to do this. And then you try it for three weeks and you realize it is a disaster and it's too much time and it's hard to accomplish. So you stop. You stop doing it, and instead of trying new things, you just say, oh, I can't follow through. I'm just someone who can't follow through, and I'm someone who can't have a plan as a mother. And I'm, these are those voices that start coming in when you stop acting, when you stop doing it. So just own up. You're in great company. I love saying that because it's, it's all over the scriptures of incredible leaders and prophets and apostles who are getting out there and who are risking things and who are failing, but they are acting and growing and therefore being trusted more by the Lord to do more because they are acting on what they feel is going to happen for them. And I just love that. I love that display of faith. The brother of Jared, he acted, he went after it, go for it. Yeah. And brother of Jared, he, if he wouldn't have acted, he wouldn't have ever had light and he couldn't cross the waters going to the promised land. And it's all very symbolic. And so take, and I don't think our steps have to be huge. I think that we can take small steps. I think sometimes we take huge, giant, courageous steps when called for, but sometimes it's like showing up every day and molting. Is that a word? Moultoning the stones. It is today. Oh, it yeah. is today. But the stones, right? That didn't happen overnight. That was something that took a super long time. And then just and having trust in the small progress over a long period of time. So, okay, you guys, we hope this helped. We hope that you are with us. We want you to advocate and help others and look at the people that are around you that you could serve. When you've come home complaining, hear my mom's voice say, Go out and serve someone, Michelle. (laughs) Number two is assess, figure out where you are and how you can find more happiness. And number three, act. Take a small or big step towards figuring this out and show God you have faith in him because he will reward you openly. And just remember, since we just finished Easter, that Christy B. Wright on Instagram posted this on Easter and it applies to this, that when these three things are happening, and you still feel like you're facing the impossible, the Easter message comes your way. She says, darkness fell, his friends scattered, hope seemed lost, but heaven just started counting to three. 
The miracle is coming, my friend. Heaven is counting to three for you when you are facing the seemingly impossible. And we do live in an age of miracles, and he has them for you. We're here to cheer you on. Get questing. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.